Glory to my Guru, Sri Krishna Guruji. In the last episode of Sharing the Bhagavad Gita, we heard verses 1 through 19 of chapter 1. As we go forward, you will begin to hear the many, many names of Lord Sri Krishna. In India, it's not unusual for a deity or even the Supreme Divine Person to have many, many names. Generally, the names are some aspect or attribute of a manifestation of that divine being. Today, we'll continue with chapter 1. As you recall, Sanjaya is speaking to King Dhritarashtra. This is the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, chapter 1, verses 20 through 25. Now, O Lord of the earth, seeing your sons arrayed against him, and when missiles were ready to be hurled, Arjuna, who had the figure of Hanuman on the flag of his chariot, took up his bow and then addressed the following to Sri Krishna. Krishna, place my chariot between the two armies, and keep it there till I have carefully observed these warriors drawn up for battle, and have seen with whom I have to engage in this fight. I shall have a look at the well-wishes of the evil-minded Duryodhana in this war whoever have assembled on his side and are ready for the fight. Sanjaya said, O king, thus addressed by Arjuna, Sri Krishna placed the magnificent chariot between the two armies in front of Bhishma, Drona, and all the kings, and said, Arjuna, behold the Kuravas assembled here. And that ends verse 25. So here we have this great warrior Arjuna asking the Lord to place him in the middle of the battlefield and by doing so he's making a kind of showy and bold and confident move to assess those who oppose him. Lord Sri Krishna takes him to that place and tells Arjuna to go ahead and see who all are there. The divinity that is the guru also does this with us. He'll let us go out filled with confidence in our own greatness and flashing with egotism. But just like when Sri Krishna says, Behold the Kuravas, that will be the time that our painful lesson begins. Often it's when we are believing ourselves to be floating high and mighty pleased with ourselves that the Guru will pop that bubble. Then, through our senses, we perceive something that kind of changes our ego and we begin to struggle with our mind chatter. And we become overwhelmed by emotions further along by an onset of delusion. But sometimes that's how our lessons come. So as we move forward, we'll begin to see Arjuna's struggle. We'll continue here. This is the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. Now Arjuna saw stationed there in both the armies, his uncles, granduncles, and teachers, even great-granduncles, maternal uncles, brothers and cousins, sons and nephews and grandnephews, even so friends, father-in-law and well-wishes as well. Seeing all the relations present there, Arjuna was overcome with deep compassion and spoke thus in sorrow. Arjuna said, Krishna, as I see these kinsmen arrayed for battle, my limbs give way and my mouth is getting parched. Nay, a shiver runs through my body and hair stands on end. The bow Gandiva slips from my hand and my skin too burns all over. My mind is whirling, as it were I can no longer hold myself steady. And Keshava, I see omens of evil, nor do I see any good in killing my kinsmen in battle. That ends verse 31. 
So here we can recognize that Arjuna seems to be experiencing in his body the symptoms of a panic attack. He states his mind is whirling. This happens to us too when we face certain situations. The mind whirls and chatters and misinforms us. We'll continue with verse 32. Krishna, I do not covet victory, nor kingdom, nor pleasures. Govinda, of what use will kingdom or luxuries or even life be to us? Those very persons for whom we covet the kingdom, luxuries, and pleasures, teachers, uncles, sons, nephews, and even so, granduncles and great-granduncles, maternal uncles, father-in-law, grandnephew, brother-in-law, and other relations, are here arrayed on the battlefield, staking their lives and wealth. O slayer of Madhu, I do not want to kill them, though they may slay me, even for the sovereignty over the three worlds how much less for the kingdom here on earth. That ends verse 35. So this is where Sri Krishna Guruji has given a, a small lesson on the three worlds. He said the three worlds are in us. There is the godly world, there is the earthly world, and there is the demonic world. He said from the top of the head to the navel is the world of the gods. From the navel to the knee is the earth. From the groin to the foot is the third world of demons. The sovereignty over the three worlds is at the domain of the heart. He said, sovereignty is one. So we'll continue here with verse 36. Krishna, how can we hope to be happy, slaying the sons of Dhritarashtra by killing even these desperados? Sin will surely accrue to us. Here we should know that the translated word sin is not accurate. Sri Krishna Guruji has said that there is no sin. What is called sin here is truly karma. We continue with verse 37 through 39. Therefore, Krishna, it does not behoove us to kill our relations, the sons of Dhritarashtra, for how can we be happy after killing our own kinsmen? Even though these people, with their minds blinded by greed, perceive no evil in destroying their own race, and no sin in treason to friends, why should we, O Krishna, who see clearly the sin accruing from the destruction of one's family, think of desisting from committing this sin? That ends verse 39. Here we can see that the deluded Arjuna is trying to reason his way out of the battle. He's coming up with reason after reason why they should not fight. Arjuna continues in verse 40 through 47. Age-long family traditions disappear with the destruction of a family, and virtue, having been lost, vice takes hold of the entire race. With the predominance of vice, Krishna, the women of the family become corrupt, and with the corruption of women, O descendant of Vrishni, there ensues an intermixture of castes. Progeny, owing to promiscuity, damns the destroyers of the race as well as the race itself. Deprived of the offerings of rice and water, the manes of their race also fall. Through these evils, bringing about a mixture of castes, the age-long caste traditions and family customs of the killers of kinsmen get extinct. Krishna we hear that men who have lost their family traditions dwell in hell for an infinite period of time. Oh, what a pity! Though possessed of intelligence, we have set our minds on the commission of a great sin, that due to lust for the throne and enjoyment, we are intent on killing our own kinsmen. It would be better for me if the sons of Dutrasra, armed with weapons, kill me in battle while I am unarmed and unresisting. 
Sanjaya said, Arjuna, whose mind was agitated by grief on the battlefield, having spoken thus, and having cast away his bow and arrows, sank into the hinder part of his chariot. That ends verse 47. Thus, in the Upanishad, sung by the Lord, the science of Brahma, the scripture of yoga, the dialogue between Sri Krishna and Arjuna, ends the first chapter, entitled, The Yoga of Dejection of Arjuna. So we see Arjuna, even with Lord Sri Krishna on his side, is having doubts. When we have a great duty to perform, we also have the Lord on our side, and yet we allow doubt after doubt to keep us from moving ahead. We fight our demons each day. There are the demons of desire, anger, greed, arrogance, delusion, and jealousy. When we allow doubt and fear to influence us, we open the door for delusion. Instead of just doing what's required, we give ourselves excuses not to act. So this concludes today's episode of Sharing the Bhagavad Gita. Next episode, will begin with Chapter 2. Thank you for listening. God bless and lots of love. Thank you.